Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back, everyone. I am so humbled and grateful today to be talking to my yoga idol and huge mentor of mine, Tara Stiles, is here at Wonderland. And Mm -hmm. you know Tara, I'm sure, if you read my blog, because I mention her often. She is a fellow Midwesterner who lives in New York City and travels the world teaching people about the amazingness of yoga and how to truly find your ease in the challenges both on and off the yoga mat. Her videos with recipe videos and blogs and her knitted hats that are so amazing are all wonderful and I link to them all the time and I'll have them all below. But she's so passionate about everything that she does and it really bleeds into all of her different projects from her clothing line with Reebok to her books to her videos and I just respect and connect with her so much, truly. So I'm thrilled today to be able to have a conversation with her. Thanks for stopping by the Wellness Wonderland, Tara. Oh my goodness. Thanks so much for having me to the Wellness Wonderland. I'm really happy to be here. (laughs) You're amazing. Okay, cool. Well, I have a lot I want to ask you, but I would love to zoom the lens back a little bit and talk about how you found your way to yoga. I've heard before that um, you've talked about how you you know, used to meditate in, with the trees outside as a kid, and I can relate to that, like, so much. So how did you get to your version of Yoga Wonderland? Cool. I mean, I think, I think everybody has, you know, yoga and meditation and all of these ways and tools and ability to connect inside of us, you know, from the get-go. So I think, uh, you know, when I'm just sharing my experiences of being a kid and being in the woods and literally just going out to the woods and sitting down in nature and, you know, doing things that looked very similar to what I learned later in yoga classes and different healing art forms as all of these things, you know, it really just reminds us that it really is inside and it really is, you know, something that's, you know, just as, as pure as all of the elements, you know, earth, air, water, fire, and, you know, being able to connect with our intuition and creativity. So, uh, so yeah, all my earliest memories are literally, you know, existing in the world and, and, and sort of being, taking everything in around me. I grew up in the woods and, you know, lots of land and trees and, you know, magical forests and things like that. And I was always, you know, playing in nature and very connected to nature. And, and I remember these specific moments where I would literally just be really quiet and sitting down either next to a tree or in a tree or next to a, we had this creek behind our house and I would start to close my eyes and breathe and I would see all of these, you know, very sort of bright, um, neon, but non abrasive colors kind of swirling around. And I just thought this is like what happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'd go back and I'd be like, mom, dad, you know, we're all connected and there's all these colors and the trees and we're all here to help each other. And we all have to find our own ways to do that. And like, what are you talking yeah. about? You crazy girl. <laughs> like, don't, don't talk about seeing things that aren't there. You know? <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'm not, I don't think that I'm crazy, but I think this is just what happens when you actually sort of quiet down our, you know, our minds, you know, even as a kid, you're thinking about, you know, worries about, 
you know, what's my mom thinking or am I in trouble or, you know, what can I get away with? So, you know, I yeah. think kids are, kids can get stressed out too. But, uh, but, you know, I noticed for me when all those thoughts would, um, sort of dissolve and, and, and clear, I would, I would come back to this place where I was seeing all these really radiant colors. And, uh, it wasn't until much later, I actually learned what the colors were. I met, uh, uh, Dr. Rudy Tanzi, who's friends with Deepak at Deepak's conferences, sages and scientists. And I remember seeing him on stage talking about uh, his work with the brain and meditation saying, I think he knows about these colors and I think he can, you know, talk to me about it. So of course, you know, everything comes back full circle. Uh, a second later, I got a slip of paper from, uh, from the woman who was organizing the event saying, you're riding in the, in the taxi with, with Rudy to go to the airport. And I was like, great, I'll have like an hour to talk to him. <laughs> So that was like our mutual, you know, our, we got roomed together in the car. So we became friends and, uh, and you know, he always talks about, you know, his work and, and his work with Deepak and, and how all of these seeing colors is, you know, can be defined as synesthesia, but also it's just what happens when you when you meditate and it's sort of the universe sort of, you know, coming out and, and, and telling you what's going on. <laughs> so I was wow, like, that's, that's so cool. cool. <laughs> so, so it was really neat to connect with them. Um, you know, somebody in the science community about what that is and, and also somebody in the science community that's not going to break it down in a very, you know, uh, dry way of, well, here's science and then here's uh, sort of spirituality, like somebody that really has a, you know, a great sort of understanding and, and excitement about uh, all of the worlds together and not being so um, uh, divisive and separate. Mm, I love that. That's so cool. So you came from, you know, living in this place where you had, you were with like the magical forest and now you're in New York City where it's um, so fast paced. But how do you stay grounded in such a fast moving place? Oh my gosh. Well, I think, you know, I've always, I grew up doing ballet as well and I was always excited about being around people. I mean, I think, you know, nature and people and I just really felt that life is about you know, helping and connecting. And, you know, I always felt most alive and connected when I was around other people, either, you know, for when I was a little kid, it was about sharing dance and the love of the love of that and, and making people happy through that. And then, you know, when I learned more about uh, sharing yoga, that became about that as well. But so for me, it's, I've never felt super overwhelmed around a lot of people. And I think, uh, you know, just having the studio in New York is a very grounding thing for me. You know, I've gone through phases where I'm like, I'm leaving New York, I'm, you know, going to, move to California and live by the beach, but I was like, I'd be really lonely there. I think, you know, I think, you know, anywhere I go, I love having this, you know, community of, of people that really come together and, you know, practice and, you know, we can see each other grow and we can see each other progress and, you know, share with, share with each other, you know, our successes and failures. And it really is this whole, you know, sort of interconnected experience of, you know, just very positive and happy and, you know, Strala is all about radiating light. And I think I've sort of, you know, spent my life so far figuring out what all of those things in the woods when I was a little kid are and how, how they're connected to everybody and how I can, you know, maybe be of use in the world through helping people reconnect with all of that stuff that's inside. So, so that just really keeps me going every day. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, where I am or, or who I'm around, but, but it is that, that connection of being around people. And for me, I, for me, I really am comfortable when I'm around people. So, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, no, I can relate to that so much. And, and my mom always told me that, you know, some people get their energy from being around people and some people get their energy from being alone. You know, it's like a personality type thing. And, and I'm, I'm the same way, you know, being around people really fills me up. So I think yeah. that's awesome. Aww. So, 
Speaking of kind of your early beginnings and your start, so you had a career as a model, right? And yeah, sort of, kind of. <laughs> I always love seeing your photos um, on Instagram of your like old modeling career. Could you talk to us a little bit about like anything you learned from that experience? Oh, sure. Um, I mean, I was so naive as a kid growing up. I mean, sort of talk about you know my early little kid days as Ellie Mae Clampett, and we were sort of like the Beverly Hillbillies, but in the hillbilly part of the world. <laughs> so you know, I saw magazines, and I had no idea how the people got there in them, and let alone knowing that I was qualified to do any of this kind of work. And I grew up uh, doing ballet, and uh, a little bit after high school, a photographer came up to me after the show and said, hey, I want to take you to this agency in Chicago, and it was called Ari at the time, and now it's Ford. And I said, well, you know, what are you talking about? Like, I saw these, you know, models at that time in magazines that were, you know, a lot taller than me or looked different. I just, I didn't really see myself in that world at all. I didn't really identify with that kind of a thing. So I just didn't think it was an option for me. (laughs) So I went in and, you know, I, I I remember meeting with the, the owner of the agency and I remember just being so connected to her and what she's built with, with her own business and, um, and how she was, you know, just being nice to all of these, these girls coming through. And she really, you know, sort of became a mentor and a friend to me. And I remember wanting to be her more than wanting to be a model, (laughs) but, uh, but she told me I was qualified to do this job and, and, and I said, okay. So I went out and, you know, it was for me, I, and I don't have any horror stories with that whole world. I, I saw it as like an ex- extreme great gift. And, um, you know, I got to meet a lot of amazing people and the work for me, for whatever reason, I think just because I've always been a pretty grounded person in my, you know, and how I feel about my body and all of that. I just thought it was really fun. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, being a dancer, I've always been comfortable in my own skin and, you know, just playing around with, you know, fashion and the looks and just how you can perform differently. And, you know, I was always comfortable sort of transforming and, and sort of being a different character through dance. And I just saw it as this really fun extension of that. So, so for me, it was, it was just this amazing opportunity to sort of get to do a job that was really easy. It didn't take much time. And, um, I sort of quickly realized that this was a great opportunity to, to buy me, um, a a nice amount of time while I was able to pay bills and sort of figure out, um, what I wanted to do, uh, you know, when I grew up. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I was excited. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I know, um, I just watched this video from Marie Forleo that resonated with me so much. She talks about your bridge job. And for you, it kind of sounds like modeling was that, which is that job that you do to, you know, kind of pay the bills while you figure out your passion. And I can relate to that so much. So that's such a cool perspective. Sure. Yeah. I just feel really lucky to have done it and all all the friends that I've made and, and, and how it was able to transition into my, into my work now. And, you know, I think everything always obviously happens for a reason and, and, uh, and yeah, so just lucky all around. Oh, for sure. So, (laughs) so then after that, or was it during that, when did you actually find yoga? Sure. So, okay. So right after high school, I was in a dance conservatory program, which, you know, really shaped and uh, I, that's, that's sort of the beginning of my real, uh, you know, sort of artistic adulthood and the whole thing. And, and uh, I was deciding, I thought I was going to be, you know, a contemporary dancer for the rest of my life and like dance is it for me and, you know, all of this kind of thing. And um, in the dance program, my ballet teacher, Roy Foster, who was with American Ballet Theater, was really into yoga and I didn't I didn't know this was such another great really surprise and gift and everything happening mm-hmm. for a reason you know cuz lots of there's not very many uh, at least at that time you know dancers that were also into yoga <laughs> 
so now it's it's I think it's more popular. But so he brought in um, a really great instructor to lead us in classes once a week, and I remember just seeing this uh, really happy guy at the front of the room every Friday and saying, "Oh my gosh, like this is the coolest thing ever!" And I don't know how I'm going to be involved, but I really want to be involved, and I just want to learn everything for myself and. And uh, you know, help people with this. So Rory really saw my interest, and you know, he came to the dressing room one day, and he knocked on the door, and he gave me autobiography of a yogi, and he's like, "This oh. is my teacher," and you know, so all of these things just started to happen and, and come into come into my life. And you know, he'd bring me into the office and say, "You know, what do you want to do?" And you know, I thought that you know the right answer was, "Oh, of course, I want to dance, and I'm going to do this." And he's like, "Well, you're getting pulled into the modeling world." And I was like, "Yeah, it's a great opportunity, but I have to sort of you know figure out." what I want to do. And uh, I just kept pursuing yoga and, and kept learning a bunch of different styles and got into Reiki and some healing art forms and shiatsu. And um, and it was, uh, I mean, this was like in the late 90s. So it was, it was quite different then. The, the whole teacher training machine wasn't um, really in full effect. And uh, so I would kind of go around and study with a bunch of different people. And uh, I came to New York and uh, I just started sharing yoga with friends that had, you know, problems with stress or back pain or on photo shoots, you know, there'd be all this downtime and people would say, oh, you know, I'm like hungover. I'd be like, oh, here's something you can do. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what are you talking about? Like, isn't, isn't yoga about Hinduism? I'm like, well, you know, not, that doesn't have to be. And, you know, Hindus do yoga because it's a good idea. You know? right. <laughs> so, uh, so I just started learning about, um, especially in New York, all of these um, uh, misconceptions about yoga and how all of the schools you know, because growing up in the ballet world, there's, you know, so many different schools of dance and they all sort of go together in a certain way. And then I was noticing all of the, the newer schools of yoga and how that they didn't quite go together in a certain way. And either you belonged here, or you belonged there, and this was your lineage or that was your lineage. And I said, okay, that's great if you're involved in that and that really resonates. But, you know, I was really meeting people that either went to a class once or heard something about yoga or didn't do it because they thought it was something else or just a, a pile of stuff around it, like a pile of just, you know, uh, uh, misconceptions, really. So I, I sort of saw an opportunity to come in and be my, you know, uh, sort of easygoing uh, Midwestern self and say, hey, like, what about this? What about that? Yeah. So, so I just started playing around with that really casually, just, um, you know, teaching friends, you know, in any sort of setting I could find. And I started leading classes in Central Park. And, um, you know, one thing started leading to another. I, I used to model for some health magazines. And I started uh, writing for some of them, like columns on yoga, when that really wasn't happening at all. And um, a friend of mine uh, worked for the Huffington Post. Uh, this was b way before, like, health bloggers even, like, were around. It's like the beginning of 2007 and eight, And and um, convinced them to give me a weekly column that was the splash page of, you know, anything I wanted to write about, uh, you know, yoga and health. And I started, you know, writing these things like help I'm addicted to Facebook, 10 yoga moves that can help you, you know, cure your social media addiction. And, nice. and, uh, and things just started to become really popular really quickly. The, the blog on Huffington Post was the most viewed blog on Huffington Post ever, you know, more than their political blogs. And, um, Ariana called my cell phone and was like, congratulations, Tara. And I'm like, okay, uh -huh. maybe, maybe there's an opportunity here and maybe there's a, a, an opening to actually help and connect with people since people were connecting to this, you know, sort of easier going approach. So 
you know, I just, I just kept following my interests and I didn't really have a plan in the beginning. I was making YouTube videos and, you know, sort of just putting, putting things up and out that I thought um, could help people connect and help myself connect really. Cause I feel like you can't really give what you don't have. Yes. <laughs> so it was a, you know, just kept going with that. Started a, started a studio. And at the time my boyfriend's apartment, um, you know, like he let me use his living room, you know, one class a day kind of thing. I was like, okay, I kind of like having this community of people around and, at that time, I got my first, I convinced a, a publishing company to do a yoga book with me. And they're like, nobody buys yoga books. And I was like, you just wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come back. And this isn't going to be just me. But yoga is going to become this, you know, fun thing that people actually want to do again. Um, or for maybe for the first time. So, so that went well. And then, you know, things just started to happen really quickly. And I think it was just because it was, um, you know, coming from a, a, an authentic place for me. And also you know, connecting with people in a way that I think people wanted to connect. And so I just, you know, feel, feel really lucky that I get to go along for the ride at this point. Mm, wow. That's such an amazing story. I, I love, it's such a great example to, you know, for people to take away from this that, you know, you don't really have to worry about, you know, you, you become this amazing public figure in the health and wellness and yoga world and just in general. But really, it all started of you were sharing a message and you were helping people and the world just supported that like one <laughs> thing after the next. And I think that's a really cool thing for people to remember, you know, not really focusing on how to get seen, but just doing good work and giving and then the rest will just come. Sure, of course. I mean, I never... You know, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a business plan. I, I still don't have investors. Like, I, this has all come from, you know, just my own, my own, you know, will and, and ambition and just and wanting to help people. But, but yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, I get a lot of, you know, friends and, and messages and everybody wants to know, well, now it's, you know, really popular to have your own brand and to have, you know, all of this stuff that people think that they need to go along with this and this, you know, this formula now of, you know, gathering a large social media following and then translating that into this and trans and people think that there's this there's this box to fit in and um and it's really not true. I mean, you can try to fit in that box, but and and it, you may you may be able to have a nice package at the end of the day, but you, it may not even be the package that you want. You know, right. <laughs> so I, I think it's a uh, you know at least my my experience has been you know, one of just following my interests and, and seeing where that uh, ended up and, and just, just being interested in, you know, for me, it was helping people connect with themselves so they can expand into the world. And, you know, if that, if that landed me a job as a staff writer in a magazine, and, and that's, you know, led to my, you know, the sort of end point of my reach and ability to, to help people, then that was fine with me. I, I really thought I would just work in a magazine. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so I'm, I'm happy to get to, you know, sort of, uh, do what I get to do now I feel incredibly lucky um but I don't think it's something that we can you know plan for ourselves necessarily Mm, for sure yeah so um talking a little bit about teaching yoga and as a teacher and this is something you talk about a lot can you get into finding the ease and the importance of finding the ease in each posture and kind of what you mean by that and then also off the mat too sure um well, you know, growing up my entire life, I've been a mover. So from just being a little kid, experimenting, rolling around with my body to, you know, I've been doing ballet since I was three, you know, just understanding how how the body works and what the body needs to do and, and sort of the emotional capacity behind that and, and, and the, the performance capacity behind that with dance and and then taking yoga classes and, and, and seeing the 
you know, the need for being safe in our bodies. But I think, I think the misconception that I was starting to see when I moved to New York and the, you know, the sort of uh, hyper focus on posture and position and alignment to get deeper into poses was, was just not connecting with me at all. I saw, you know, of course, with ballet, if you're going to do 32 fuetes, you know, your hip needs to be rotated outward and you have to have a certain thing going on in your body to make that happen. But, you know, if you're in a warrior two and, you know, you can have your, you know, your back toes turn in so you get the hip opener and open your arms out to the sides, but you don't need to be clenching and, and outwardly rotating and innerly spiraling. And, you know, our bones don't spiral. It's like all of this, a lot of this alignment stuff is sort of, you know, made up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like growing spiraling. up. Spiraling. It's like our, our bodies, you know, the there's no spirals in our bodies. (laughs) So I was like, wait a minute, this isn't true. (laughs) So, you know, I think a lot of this is just, you know, everybody has to find what they connect with, but, um, but really helping people, uh, in a very clear, concise way, directing them through an open structure of movement to keep them safe, but also leaving that freedom for ease and exploration. Um, I've just found is this, it's, it's a very unique approach with yoga. It's actually, very different from, you know, a, a traditional Iyengar or Hatha class where you're holding a pose for, you know, five breaths and, and really, you know, making sure your eyeballs are in the, the specific place and your, you know, everything is, you know, can be measured with a measuring stick. But um, I've just found, you know, in life that people don't want to be measured with a measuring stick and it doesn't really feel good. <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it has been very, very different to have this approach of ease, um, you know, especially I think a lot of traditional yoga is about getting deeper and getting further and deeper is better. And, you know, there's a beginners and there's an advanced. And, you know, I, I sort of find that very um, incorrect in, in so many ways and very um, off-putting for so many people and just very, I don't know, it just, it's, it's, it's made me sort of reevaluate what, what the potential of yoga is and, and how it really, you know, if it really does exist inside all of us, why do we need to look, why do we all need to look the same when we do it? So, so it's sort of been more of a philo- philosophical question of, you know, what does ease mean for each person and, and how can I help people find that ease and, and find that freedom that, that comes from when you have ease. So it's sort of been my, my quest in a way to, you know, to choreograph movement and to have, um, have uh, ways that people can relax into positions and have my language be very, you know, sort of simple and clear where I'm not putting my own, um, you know, emotional uh, experience onto people. I'm more giving them, you know, open words that they can find their own space within and, you know, an open structure where they can, you know, have something to do that's going to keep them very safe and have a great experience, but also um, is going to encourage them to be, you know, easy in their bodies and easy in their minds. Um, so, and it's, and, and I find that people just, you know, it's, it's not for a hundred percent of people. Definitely people come to Strala, you know, around the world and, and, and in New York and they say, well, I want you to tell me where to, where to put my foot. And I said, okay, like there's, there's places you can go for that, but I'll, I'll help, I'll help guide you to find, you know, your own way. And you are going to have, have this very, you know, structured experience that has ease and openness in it. But I, but I do find it's, it's worth having that, you know, point two percent of people say this isn't for me to have like the 99 percent of people say oh my gosh like I feel so free I feel so easy and you know that's it's just not about doing a a yoga pose it's about you know feeling that in your life and you leave and you feel you know expansive and you feel like you're radiating light and you know I've, I've really seen these people able to connect with those same things that I was 
you know, feeling so, uh, you know, almost overly emotional as a kid connecting with. And, you know, it's, for me, that's worth it. You know, it's not about, you know, having the, uh, you know, carrying on a tradition of, you know, of certain styles of yoga. It's more about finding that, that ease and that freedom in, in my own life so I can help other people find it as well. Yeah, I love that. You know, it's like that quote, you can't be everything to everybody, you know, but <laughs> but you're everything to most people <laughs> and definitely me. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. But I think it is, you know, it's not just – I think that's the great thing about finding these um, – a friend of mine in L.A., he says he's, he's – you know, he was – a, a, not a yoga person at all. He was a runner. And I was like, you got to come, you got to come, you got to come. So finally he came and after a few times, he's like, oh, it's like math. You, you sort of, you can come to the same answer by many different, many different ways. And, you know, he's, he's sort of equating the ease and the, and the freedom and, you know, all of the things that, that we lead as, you know, finding your own way to the, to the, to your own answer, which is, I think, kind of cool too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Speaking of yoga here, I would love for you, you've got this great video vlog I watched like a super long time ago, but <laughs> you, you talk about um, the connection and your thoughts between yoga and weight loss. And um, I really love that, you know, I think, and I've heard you talk also about not weighing yourself and, and that connection, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Sure. Um yeah, I remember when I first started writing about this stuff and blogging about it, it was almost either, you know, the magazines love weight loss and, and yoga, and then you have the yoga community saying, oh my God, like you, that's, you know, terrible, like yoga is not about the body, you know, so it's, I said, I think there's, you know, yoga is about everything, you know, it's about the body, the mind, the spirit, and sort of healing that, and we can't hide and in our yoga classes, I mean, we can choose to do whatever we want, but I think it's a disservice to say, I'm not my body, I'm my spirit, and I'm, I'm greater than, but we have, we have to live in this body our whole lives, and right. you know, it, can be, it can be a great experience, and it can be you know, a healthy, and, and, and you know, when we're, our bodies are healthy, we're able to connect better, we're able to you know, do our passions better, we're able to feel better. You know, our bodies aren't superficial, so I think there was this, for me, I had to find out how to communicate for myself and also if I was going to give anything that, you know, that being healthy is not a, a superficial vanity uh, pursuit, you know, <laughs> so I had to like figure that out first and then realize that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's purely about taking care of ourselves and, and the neat thing, I mean, I love all this science cool stuff because it really just helps people get away in, but, um, you know, meeting Deepak and, and now his, his good friend Rudy Tanzi and how they talk about, you know, how they talk about ease isn't necessarily the, the yoga tradition of of being perfect in a pose. So if you if you have ease in your body and in your mind, um, your you know your intuition, which is you know uh, suspiciously located exactly where your third eye is, you know in your brain, <laughs> you know your in, the insula area of your brain is actually uh, it's it's getting turned on. So all of these all of these areas of our of our brain and our well being are are getting us more into the mood of actually treating ourselves better. So. If you're able to practice yoga and meditation in an easygoing way and turn these areas on, you're going to leave your class, you're going to leave your practice, and you're going to actually want to, you know, go prepare a meal for yourself or, you know, uh, look at your life and see about the habits and the blocks that are holding you back from being healthy, you know, not just from a what to eat perspective, but how you're eating and how your, your psychology is around food and, you know, what your friend groups are like around food and what your, you know, your 
um, you know, your habits are and your um, social life is. And, you know, it's, it's neat to sort of know this stuff and to, you know, be teaching and leading ease to people. And they come in, they say, oh, I want to lose weight. What do I do? I just, you know, I just say, okay, just come for a week and just see what happens. And 100% of the time, they always say, you know, I switched from bacon to carrots, or I just started wanting to eat more greens, or it's so weird, I leave here and I want to go and have a smoothie. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, so it's really neat just to see people find that for themselves in so many ways. And, you know, and, and food is, food, you know, food is the most important thing with health. I mean, it's, it's great to move our bodies and to, you know, to have that blood flow and that practice with yoga and to get strong and, and have all those ways that we connect. But, you know, if you, if you leave and you, eat crap and, and don't feel good about yourself, it's, it's not going to match up. So, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's neat. And then just knowing that it's not about, you know, being a perfect, uh, whatever perfection is to you. I mean, I've seen plenty of people that are very, you know, controlled and rigid and strict and doing everything, you know, quote unquote, perfectly in their, in their food lives. And, you know, they still get sick. They, you know, they get terrible illnesses, they get colds and, you know, it has to be, it has to come from a place that feels good for you. And, and, and I think that there's a big, um, secret in there and a big sort of unlocking moment for people when they find that ease in their lives that, you know, they sort of loosen up a bit and say, you know, it's not just, there's no rules. It's not just 80, 20, or it's not like, Oh, I'm going to, eat kale Monday through Friday and then binge on the weekends or it's, you know, it's not about necessarily being a vegan or about being, being a vegetarian. It's about, you know, finding, finding those things that actually do work for you. So, you know, actually making your own rules and believing that you can and believing that, you know, trusting your intuition when you're connected to it will actually lead to a healthy, capable life. So I think that's, you know, for me, that's what gets me really excited because it's, you know, it's the same idea of there's structure, but there's so much open space within that where people, you know, diets don't work because it's just another rule-based system of, you know, as soon as you have a rule, you want to break it. I mean, that's the one thing you want to do. <laughs> like, I can't have cake. That's all I want today. Why do I want cake all day? <laughs> you know? yeah. So, so the, those kind of things of just, you know, really reminding people that if they have this practice of ease, they can become more easeful in everything they do and, you know, just start becoming capable in, in, in their lives. And I know for me it's worked and I've seen, you know, a big, uh, you know, transformation in my own uh, psychology and life and, and with, with everything with this stuff. So, and, you know, I just, I get to meet so many people now around the world that have had, you know, so many different, uh, you know, from extreme weight loss. There was a couple that came in a couple weeks ago from, uh, from Ohio and they, they came in, they were so excited and they said, collectively we've, we've lost over 500 pounds by doing, you know, your videos. And it's not that I'm doing these cardio blast, you know, (laughs) weight loss, you know, burn a thousand calories in five minutes videos. It's about really moving your body and being connected to yourself. So, you know, of course you're going to get a workout. Like I'm not saying that it's not a workout, but it's the best kind of workout. And, um, and and then they you know they feel better so they started eating better and and that's that's sort of the winning combination i think yeah finding these in your diet and in your life and on the yoga mats way cool <laughs> so um your other hobby in, in addition to yoga is knitting and i was <laughs> you like i love seeing all of your knitting when you travel so how did you Aww. get into knitting is that something that you did as a kid or is that something you found more recently Oh my gosh. Well, not as a kid. My, both of my grandmothers are amazing quilt people and they can make anything. Um, so it's always sort of been in my family to be really, you know, sort of creative and, 
and making things all the time. And, and they always sort of made fun of me as this, you know, ballet dancer slash city girl always on the go. You know, I never cooked when I was a kid. I never like participated in quilt making and all this stuff. <laughs> so now that I'm knitting, they're like, oh, okay, she's coming back around. <laughs> but um, when I wrote my first book, uh, I just, I, it was the first time writing a book. So it was this, you know, sort of intense, long process and whatever. I was, you know, sort of overwhelmed and, and trying to find my groove within that. So I, I looked for an outlet besides yoga, just something to something to do to sort of unwind. Um, that's that counterbalance the time that I was spending at the computer. And I walked by this store in Soho called Wool in the Gang, and it was around Christmas time. And they just had the most bright colors in the window. It looked like cotton candy. And it reminded me of the colors that I saw when I was a little kid. And there were these, you know, beautiful fuchsias and sort of amazing mint green turquoises and just these giant fluffy balls of yarn. And then inside there was all these, you know, beautiful candles and these, you know, gorgeous girls in there just like knitting. And they were like, <laughs> you know, inviting you in to knit. And it was like Santa's workshop. <laughs> Like, so this is cool. amazing. I thought it was like a wonderland, you know. Yeah. So I walked in and they must have thought I, I was crazy because I was just like, teach me everything I want to know. And um, it was sort of like the experience when I was in my first yoga class. I was like, this is like so cool. Uh, I was so excited about yeah. it. <laughs> so I, I became just a fan of of the store and I, you know, I bought one of their kits and just went home and started going to town and quickly became addicted to it. And then when I started traveling more, um, I, I thought this was this really fun thing to do on the airplane. And, um, you know, when I was connected to more people online and people started seeing these, I said, well, here's something else I can share and make people happy. So I just started, you know, making, making these hats on the airplane and then giving them away in my newsletters and sometimes just to strangers or people I would meet. And, you know, it just became this really fun Fun way to keep people's minds and uh, and brains warm <laughs> yeah. during the colder months. So it's sort of become this you know spiritual uh, you know endeavor of mine as well. But it's you know it's it's just it's sweet and it's fun. It makes me feel makes me feel happy. So <laughs> so cool. I love it. Okay, so now I want to get personal with you. You ready for it? Sure. All right, I'm ready. Okay, so this is like my favorite question to ask in the world, um, and I think it'll give us a really good glimpse of Tara Styles as a person. So <laughs> could you walk us through your morning routines? Any specifics to start your day and why that's important for how the rest of your day goes? Maybe like the first like three things you do. Oh, sure. Um, gosh, this is good. Um, so I'm definitely not up like a perfect, I wake up and I meditate for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And then I drink my glass of hot water with lemon. You know, like I, w- I kind of wish, like I'm still, you know, a work in progress. And I think part of the reason why I, I, I try to put out information to other people is to remind myself to do the same. But, um, but yeah, I sort of, you know, I wake up and, uh, you know, I'm spoiled when I'm in New York. The studio is, you know, a couple blocks from from my house. So I, I, I more or less wake up and sort of take a shower and then head over there for the morning class. So that's, that's sort of the, the, the Tuesday through Friday of my life. And, um, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's not that day, if I'm somewhere else, I would wake up and, you know, try to do a little bit of, of yoga in my hotel room or just in the morning in the apartment, just to sort of roll around and do that. Um, I'm not a big, like first thing in the morning eater, but so I think after, after the class, I would, you know, well now now I've gotten really into smoothies and juices and all this stuff. So I would um, 
My my favorite thing of the moment is banana, spinach, and almond milk in the blender. Uh, my just, favorite just like food. Literally it's your favorite, favorite too. <laughs> yeah, just that ex- those exact things. Or coconut milk. I switch it. Oh, up. coconut milk. Yeah, that's great too. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's you know it's just such good food, and you know it's uh, just I feel so I feel like a super person when I you know drink and eat things like that. So. So yeah, that would be sort of the the morning part of the day for sure. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So now walk us through the um, evening rituals. Like, what are kind of the last things you do in the evening to wind down? Uh, okay. Well, if I I love taking a bath. I think it's when I was a little kid. I didn't take my first shower until I went away to dance school because we just had bathtubs in our house. <laughs> That's so cool. I remember like taking my little shower stuff to the little ballerina school and be like, "What do I do?" Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, but, but so I think, uh, you know, for me, especially I don't do it every night, but I think after, you know, a long day or I'm trying to, you know, when I, when I get in these modes where I realize like, oh, okay, I have to take care, better care of myself or, you know, remind myself to do these things. Um, it's definitely a hot bath. And then, you know, reading, reading something, I always have like, you know, 10 books that I haven't popped open that I want to read and, and just kind of going to bed. I used to be in this habit of, watching reruns of Netflix shows and it was probably one of the worst decisions that I've ever made because <laughs> we get so sucked in and we went through Cheers and then Frasier and Family Ties it's embarrassing and we we kept going and um uh some of Coach so <laughs> I've done that too <laughs> yeah so I definitely you know went down that that you know sort of bad cycle of watching television before bed and and you know now I'm on the other end of it and sort of regaining that uh, sort of peace of mind and clarity back. And, you know, I think sometimes you got to go down that road to realize that, you know, it's better on the other side. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. So now I'm just winding it down with a bath and, and a good book and, and, and hopping into bed. I love that. So um, with your relationship and being in a relationship, what's the biggest thing you've learned from being married and your relationship with your husband? Oh, my gosh. Um, don't work together, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> And guys, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, sort of the, the biggest thing that I learned. Uh, you know, I, I started doing my thing and uh, and he had his own companies and and uh, he really liked doing what I was doing. And, he, and, and Mike, Mike grew up doing a lot of uh, Tai Chi and movement. And he's, you know, he's a really great mover in his body and, and you know, really smart guy. And I, I said, hey, you know, maybe you should come over and do this stuff with me. And and we didn't really structure it for a long time. So, uh, you know, it was a lot of uh, learning how to navigate within that and learning, um, you know, who belongs where and, and who can best serve who where and, you know, how to just, you know, I've always been a very um, uh, independent person and, uh, you know, almost dominating in certain aspects. And, you know, I really learned a lot about, like, um, sort of good parts of my personality and tendencies where I fall into. And uh, I think just, you know, setting these, uh, setting these roles before you get into problems of, oh my gosh, okay, we have to take a step back and realize, you know, who's doing what and, 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 you know, what I'm comfortable with having you do and what I'm not comfortable with having you do and, and sort of defining those roles, I think is important. I think a lot of, you know, women in general now are, are becoming the ones who are really the you know, making the earning, earning a great living and also, you know, becoming uh, more powerful as, as people and as business owners. And, uh, you know, just learning that it's okay to have, you know, your smart guy that he can support you. (laughs) And he can just, you know, be in the supporting role and doesn't have to, doesn't have to be the boss as well. So, 
So I think for me and, and for him as well, just navigating our way through that has been a learning process. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's tough, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's definitely feels good to like be empowered yourself, you know, and know, and not have to like depend too much on other people and be able to like keep those things separate. Sure. Yeah. So I think, but yeah, I think it's a good, I always tell my friends, you know, if you're, if you're going to work together, make sure you, you keep acting like a, like a company and, and define people's roles. And, you know, you can turn it off at night too. It can be, you know, cause I'm the kind of person I am so passionate about what I do. I can wake up at, you know, six in the morning, start working, uh, you know, go into my office, go to the studio, come back and work until midnight and, and not have, you know, that, uh, communication with, the person that I'm in a relationship with and I can just, you know, see that going in a not good direction unless I sort of make time for that. So I think, you know, a lot of women are so passionate about their careers. It's sort of making time and, and setting priorities and having a, you know, having that, that space for everything else as well, I think is important. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Such good advice. So speaking of that and like you do, you know, so much cool stuff, how do you stay organized and make sure that you fully show up for all the different areas of your life. Do you have any like practical tips there? Uh, sure. You know, well, I think I've always done what I think is fun. I mean, I, I very, very rarely in my life, even when I was doing other kinds of work, you know, it wasn't fun for me. So I think, I think I've always been really careful not to uh, pick projects that I'm not really excited about. So, you know, and it's easy too. I think it was with the internet and, you know, with whatever phase you are in your career, there's a million ways to fill your time. And, you know, a lot of people I think can get into the trap of, of doing things that they think that they should be doing or, you know, building certain areas of their business where they think they should be doing without really, you know, asking themselves what's, what's fun for me and what do I really love doing? Because the, all of the things that I've chosen to fill my life doing and the projects are incredibly fun and I'm incredibly inspired by them. So, I never show up and I'm like, oh, gosh, I have to be here right now. This is terrible. I'm like, it's such a drag, you know. (laughs) So if I ever sort of feel that way about an area of my life, I try to take a step back and, you know, wonder if this is a a partnership I still want to be in or if there's something at the studio that I need to shuffle around to to make better. If there's if there's something in my own, you know, mind or my own thinking that's sort of blocking that. And, you know, but I think for me, it's about it's it's not so much about you know, re- re-energizing myself. It's about making sure that the things that I'm spending my time doing are the things that I want to be spending my time doing. That way I just, you know, th- it's a no-brainer. It's, I don't have to think, okay, I have to be present right now. I have to like turn it on. I have to, you know, be here for these people. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky to be here. And it's, you know, I've never felt like I was working because of that ever. So it doesn't, you know, I think that's sort of the dangers of having this as a job because, you know, you can do it 24 hours a day because it doesn't feel like a job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. It's a good problem to have. Um, so what are you doing right now in your life that you maybe are afraid of, but you're doing anyways? Oh my gosh. So much stuff. Uh, well, I've really started to, and it, and it took a while to build this, but the, the Strala instructor training program and I have a few really amazing mentors and they've been, you know, just really encouraging me for the last several years not to, not to partner up too much with too many different brands and people and sort of, you know, I have this fear of becoming a, a race car driver person where I'm like, here's all of my people that I work with and, you know, who's underneath that and what what's that mission. So, 
you know, the last few years have been, you know, really building um, Strala and, and the instructors uh, really around the world and, and sort of recognizing that it's not just, you know, my class that, you know, that people like or my class that I like to do. And it really is this system of movement and this this structure of ease and, you know, all of my training with dance and choreography and with, you know, vocabulary of movement have been really you know, intrinsically valuable and, um, and, and putting all this together in, in, in a in training program and really just, you know, using these opportunities to go around the world and, and help instructors build their own businesses has been incredibly scary and incredibly rewarding because, you know, it's just, it's just me deciding to show up in these places, you know, and it's, it's me, to, it's me wondering, you know, if, if people are going to like this in the certain city and, you know, and it always works and it's always, you know, really interesting and exciting. And now, um, we're starting to open franchises with, uh, you know, just empowering business owners that are interested in opening Stralas in their own cities. Um, so that's been really scary. You know, a lot of my um, friends and, uh, you know, colleagues are like, well, how do you keep quality control and all of these sort of fear-based questions? And, you know, how, I, how I've always seen that is, well, you know, I, I deliver what I am able to deliver and, and keep the system really clear and clean and allow people, you know, lots of freedom within that, allow the instructors freedom. You know, I, I have no interest in creating, um, you know, uh, just cookie clones cutters. of my cookie yeah. cutters or, you know, more of a Bikram system where it's like, these are the poses that we're going to do. And, you know, so, so finding that balance of structure and freedom. And, and so I can really actually empower people to, to, you know, create their own best businesses and their own best lives. And, uh, and it's, and it's really great because it, you know, I, you know, I can only help so many people with my own yoga classes and with my own reach. And I really believe that, you know, this is something that is going beyond what I can do myself. And, you know, these other people are taking this and with their own background and their own experience, whether they're calling it, some people call it Strala, some people just do a a training and, and, you know, bring a little bit more ease into whatever it is they do, whether it's a yoga class or a fitness class or spinning or, you know, being a mom, you know, so I think this is, this is really my big chance to help and I don't want to mess it up. (laughs) So it's scary because I feel like all of these feelings I had when I was a little kid in the woods and how it it goes beyond the individual. I think this is really, you know, Strala is not about me. It's about, um, it's about radiating into the world. So that's, that's sort of the intention with it. And it's, it's really scary. (laughs) Wow. Well, that's so beautiful. And just to know that like, you know, you have that fear and you're doing it anyways. And even, you know, I think that's great for people to hear and super inspiring. So my last big question that I have for you um, is cool. So as you know, the name of this podcast, my blog is the wellness wonderland. So when I offer that term to you, what does it mean to live in a wellness wonderland? Oh my gosh. Well, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think you're awesome, first of all. And I love, I think we're connected for so many different reasons, but I think the whole, you know, the idea of this wonderland is really, you know, how I see that is this this magical place that you can create yourself. I mean, I think, you know, it's not where you are, but it's sort of where you are. You know, I think, Mm, yeah. you know, you can be in New York and be stressed out. You can be in New York and be like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. And, you know, we can really rediscover things all the time. And, um, you know, space is on the inside, it's not on the outside. And, you know, as soon as you find the space on the inside, you, you know, you open your eyes and you're like, wow, it really is pretty amazing out here. And look at all the beauty there is in the world and look at all the, the wonderful, um, things that just, that's natural about us. And that's natural about everything around us. And we don't need, you know, possessions and stuff to make us happy. It's really about, 
you know, this connection to, uh, to nature and to beauty and to the connection to connection. And, um, so, so Wonderland for me is about, you know, all of this, all of these sort of naturally occurring, you know, emotions and feelings and colors and, 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 and people and experiences and in a confined, confined, but expansive space. I think it's really this, this world. And, um, I love that. I love that what you're doing is called that because it really just opens up the, you know, the imagination for, for people to put whatever they want into it, you know, <laughs> all yes. their favorite things. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the secret. It's just a state of mind. You can be there whenever you want. Yeah, that's cool. So cool. Okay, well, let's finish with some quick fire questions. So just yeah. say the first thing that comes to your mind. Cool? Sure. All right, so favorite color? Uh, right now, like this teal blue that's like the center of the universe color. I'm really into that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, nice. That's deep for a favorite color. <laughs> um, favorite yoga pose? I'm like dying to ask you this. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, it depends on whatever I'm needing to like have in my body right now. I think, uh, you know, I always come back to dancer pose. I think it's cause it's so cliche. I was a dan- I was a dancer, but I just feel so open and, you know, it's sort of this all in one, you're balanced, you're moving with ease and the balance and, you know, you're opening your spine and your body and sort of opening the, you know, everything that you can open into the world, but you're also standing really strong and firmly and and rooted in yourself. So I think for me, dancer is sort of it. Yeah, you're so beautiful in it too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What is the biggest yoga misconception that you would like to clear up for people? Oh gosh, well, I think, you know, the biggest one that I hear the most often um, is it's about stretching and flexibility and you have to be flexible in order to do it. but I always say, like, I meet these, you know, a lot of guys, I'm like, oh, I can't do yoga, I'm not flexible, I can't touch my toes. And I say, oh, bend your knees, you can touch your toes. Yeah. <laughs> Just bend your knees, everybody can touch their toes. And they say, oh, I guess you're right, you know. <laughs> once you once you realize it's not about, uh, it's not about being flexible, it's about, you know, creating space for yourself and feeling feeling more connected. And, you know, I think everybody sort of knows it's not about being flexible, but, you know, you see the pictures of very flexible people uh, doing things. And of course, that's going to be a misconception. But I think that is sort of the most mainstream one that that people uh, have a misconception with. Yeah, for sure. What's your favorite day of the week? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think Saturday when I'm in New York because it's the – I call it Zion at Straw. <laughs> Everybody has, it's like from the matrix, everybody has off work at the same time. And, you know, every day is like really fun there, but it's just this, I lead this class at 11 and it, it, everybody just comes in in a good mood and they leave in a good mood. And it's like this super sweaty, um, you know, party experience. And, uh, you know, a lot of like tourists come in on the weekends and it's just, it's just this really nice day. And, um, yeah, I really like, I really like Saturdays. I'm going to have to come see you on a Saturday then. Yeah, come on down. (laughs) Uh, what's your favorite hour of the day? Oh my goodness. Uh, gosh, I love the morning now. I never used to like think that I love the morning, but I think like, um, 6 37 AM is a nice time. Yeah, I don't know for why. sure. I'm, I'm into that time too right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Favorite vegetable? Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to go with broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was when I was a little kid. I always loved broccoli too. I called them the little trees. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, good stuff. Good one. <laughs> Favorite fruit? Oh my goodness. Bananas. <laughs> oh, they're so good. Um, what's your number one health tip for people? Gosh, I think just, um, 
get interested in the kitchen, I think is, uh, you know, I think a misconception about being healthy is that, you know, it's expensive or you have to be this gourmet chef and you have to know all these things about tofu and soaking your beans (laughs) overnight and all this like really complicated stuff. And um, I think if you just start to get interested in, in your own kitchen and just explore and play around with things that you like, and it's not necessarily about you know, all of the things that uh, you think that you should be doing. But I think just, you know, getting interested is a great first step. And then from there, you know, it's it's just going to get hooked because it's so much fun. For sure. What are you most excited about right now? What's next for you? Uh, I'm excited about food, honestly. I have, a, I have a book coming out, Make Your Own Rules Diet, next September. Yay! Yay! So and, exciting. Uh, so excited. I know. So, so um yeah, and you know, because I'm not, I didn't go to chef school, you know, I, I, you know, all this stuff, and and I really think it's just important to share. And you know, I've been cooking, you know, for a while now and learning from everybody, but the, all the recipes are just super simple, and they're they're really good, and and they're they're informative, and, and they're recognizable. Like there's there's fun stuff like a healthy Wendy's frosty, and you know, I love cheese. that one. You have yeah, a video yeah. of that, uh, yeah, and a lot of a lot of like newer ones I just explored around with, and. You know, I think so it's just, cool. I think it's good for, you know, just for myself to be like, okay, like, you know, I've learned so much about food just from, exper- literally from experimenting and asking friends and learning things. And I think, I think that's the best way to learn anything in life. You know, it's, you can, you can just, just get in there and start doing it. You know, it's, you know, if you're going to go to culinary school and, and, and open your own restaurant, that's fantastic. But it's, it's not necessary in order to cook for yourself. You know, it's, you don't need to have, um, you know, a bunch of letters after your name in order to like make a really good meal for your friends. So I think, um, you know, and, and the book's all about, you know, all the same stuff about finding the ease and getting comfortable in the kitchen and, and finding the ease in your body and your life. So you actually want to, so you want to eat better. You know, I think the problems with, with people and you know that I've had is you know times in my life where I'm not feeling connected to myself I don't want to eat better because you just you want to keep the unconnected feeling going so it's you know it's getting that going with easygoing yoga and easygoing meditation and then keeping that going with the food and then you've got a a nice uh you know winning combination there oh for sure yeah that's a killer combo <laughs> um so speaking of food what's your favorite meal you've eaten recently like maybe in like the last week or so Oh my gosh! Uh, well, I'm hooked on this. Uh, oh, oh, I, I'm hooked on these soups in the winter time. So you know, you can basically throw anything together. I got well, I got back from India and Asia, and super inspired by like all these like really yummy vegetarian spicy things. So I've just been playing around with different like rice noodles and putting hot sauce and coconut milk and coconut oil and a little bit of. Um, soy sauce occasionally and you know lots of different curry powders and peppers and just and it never really comes out bad you know yeah. <laughs> I mean sometimes it comes out better than the other but you know you can always like redefine the recipe but I think you know in the winter time just making these you know hearty soups and um you know it's just it's so good with all the spices you just you feel like you're gonna never get sick <laughs> I love that um if you could have one superhero power for a day what would you have oh my gosh I would love to teleport (laughs) that would would be nice but you'd make less hats (laughs) i'd make less hats that's true that's true but i may have more time when i'm there and and be able to do that but yeah that's true i would make a little less hats but yeah it'd be neat but i don't know i like i like being on the airplane as well it's it's like kind of my my happy quiet time in a weird way (laughs) oh i love that that was going to be my next question for you what's your number one travel tip Uh, i think you know find find something that that 
that you can do, I think on the plane, that's fun. I mean, for me, it's, it's knitting or listening to music and knitting or, you know, but I think it doesn't have to be this like, oh my gosh, I'm in this like terrible airplane. I have to be miserable. I have to act miserable. You know, I have to, you know, make my eating habits be really bad, you know? So I think it's, you know, finding something that's fun to do is, uh, is really, really useful, whether it's a good book or, you know, I think just having a plan before you get on there is a nice thing. <laughs> finding the ease when you travel. Find the ease when you travel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. What's the best advice you've ever received? Gosh. Oh, I think this is definitely from, from Deepak. Uh, you know, I mean, it's the times where I've been over and doing yoga with him in the mornings, he's, you know, he's just full of these amazing one-liners. I mean, he's Deepak Chopra. I'm like, oh, it's real. Like, it just keeps coming out of you. <laughs> it's like, kind of amazing. Uh, like, I kind of amazed that I get to be here right now. Uh, but, uh, but no, I think, you know, something that he said where, you know, once, when you have an idea, do it, you know, I think mm. it's, you know, sort of the, you know, the broader, uh, universal realm. He said, when you have an idea, it's out there in the universe and it becomes a sort of open source idea. So somebody's going to do it. And I've, I've seen that happen as well in, in my life and, you know, ideas that I've had that, you know, they're good ideas. And it is, there's something to be said about like, okay, it's, it's out there at this point, but I think, you know, more practical level, it's, you know, it's important to follow your inspiration, I think pretty quickly and just say, okay, like, you know, before it starts to fade, like maybe there's something there and how can I follow through? love that what's your favorite movie oh my gosh i think elf (laughs) oh it's so good it's so timely i love elf so good so fun what's your favorite book oh my goodness oh that's so hard uh gosh that's so hard (laughs) favorite book uh i mean i'm just gonna have to uh, be cheesy and say siddhartha i guess (laughs) that's a good one yeah um what about favorite song favorite song oh my gosh I guess it changes I love playing like our, our playlists at Stroll are ridiculous they're so like contemporary and fun and um and different but I think uh uh for what it's worth by Buffalo Springfield that it's something happened yeah I've started to play that like the second song in and people you know because it's just like yeah Something happened. <laughs> you know? For sure. I'm putting it on my playlist for my next oh, it's, yoga oh, class. Like, it's a total hit. You can't go wrong. Hey, <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this has been a blast. Total dream come true talking with you. And you're just as down to earth and fabulous as you are in your videos and books. So thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Of course. Thank you so much for being amazing and everything you're doing. I'm so impressed and inspired. Oh, you're awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. See you soon. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week. But until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.